Kiana and welcome to the Mary Rose Podcast, a podcast that has been on the hiatus for four plus years since Captain Marvel's incredible box office numbers and episode that will never see the light of day. I am your host, Rick Wing King, usually here with my co-host Epsilon, and I'm here to review, rank, and rate the latest summer or winter depending on your hemisphere blockbuster the flash directed by andy muschietti who is responsible for it chapter one and two the flash is now available in cinemas everywhere you go especially on high premium formats such as imax i will be talking about the pros and the cons of this film and going through what makes the film work and what it has going for it that could have changed and the overall feeling of disappointment with how it's handled. Here we go. The Flash, directed by Andy Muschietti. 2023. A 10 year wait was it worth it Mm-mm. no no pun intended is uh, is it the flashiest film nope does it does it try something new nope is it fun the ultimate answer is yes very much so. It is eye candy and cameo friendly. I I think this movie has a lot going for it, but I'll get to why it's very disappointing. And I'll talk about that now. It's it's like what Doc Ock says: the power of an incredible character, an incredible script, and the palm of my hands, and it shatters. It falls, it shatters, and try and pick up the pieces by your hands. Uh, uh, shards of glass uh, making your hands bleed, and this is the film you get from the 10 year debacle that's happening all the way to Ezra Miller's situation, which we will not touch upon because everything that happens in the real world should not be judged upon what's the quality of this film and I think I will start with the pros and talking about Ezra Miller I think he's the best thing about this film his emotion his body language um there will be no spoilers well no major spoilers but I will touch upon a minor spoiler here um, it is a scene between Barry and his mum, the Barry we have, who is 28. Um, it's one of the most beautiful yet heartbreaking, very melancholy sequence, but yet it brings tears of joy. Um, I love my mama a lot, and it will hurt so much if she was just gone one day so i that's the whole premise of of the flash 
the whole premise of the movie is how you handle grief um and that's what this movie has going for it and Ezra Miller did an incredible job portraying Barry in such a beautiful lie of a character trying to seem happy but it's actually very broken and there's a dialogue sequence between Bruce Ben Affleck and Barry that just it's a beautiful exchanging of dialogue between those two and I would say all the all the um dialogue heavy all the quiet parts are my favorite parts of the film um Barry and Barry great duo incredible duo um but yes Ezra Dillard did an incredible job and I think people should not go in it blinded by all the heinous thing he uh, heinous things they have done and just look at what Ezra has done in this movie and go hey they did a great job um another pro would be how they um utilize both Carazoel and Michael Keaton's Batman. I grew up with Keaton I grew up with the Tim Burton era. That includes Keenan, Kilmer and Clooney. Um sadly George Clooney. Um I know a lot of people, especially in my age, will go, Christian Bale's my Batman. Uh yeah, I was I wasn't old enough to watch those, but yeah, I was old enough to watch eighty nine and ninety two Batman and Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah, I really childhood and I love it. <laughs> very, very uh, narcissistic, very gothic of Tim Burton. And I think Andy Muschietti and the writers behind it nailed Bruce a little I don't know because some of the dialogue between Bruce and Barry I actually had to move to the to the bathroom um, and then come back and some of the best sequences um, with um, Michael Keenan's Batman yes CG heavy but again Michael Keaton is old kind of kind of like what's happening with Harrison Ford he's in his 90s and and still doing indie, he's currently General Thunderbolt Ross and Thun- um, Captain America next year. But still, Michael Keenan still looks great in the suit. And one of the cool things about the suit, and I don't know whether it's going to be a spoiler, um, I- I- I'll put a, a-, a spoiler here. Uh, very minute, but I think a lot of people will be very, very happy with it. Uh, he doesn't turn his, his head. He turns his whole body. What are you? I'm Batman. Just like the 89 suit. And then... <laughs> for, it, it looked goofy. And it looked perfect. It <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Wait, he's Batman? Um, but still... It, yeah, I, I think it looked great. 
presenting yellow and the bat signal again. <laughs> Get a little giddy. But yeah, um, I think how they utilize Batman in this movie and two different Batmans. I, I thought Ben Affleck's um, Batfleck, his action sequence in the beginning of the movie was really cool. Like, very. <laughs> um, I'll get to the visuals soon, but wow. I think Ben Affleck did a great job. Again, going back to that monologue sequence, it, I think this is a beautiful send off to him. Um, he's not just talking to Barry, he's talking to all of us. Um, he may not be my favorite Batman, far from it, but still, I think we should give him his flowers. I think Ben Affleck did an incredible job with what he's been given. Kara Zarel, uh, um, Sasha Kell did an incredible job in this film, again, with what she's been given. Um, she's badass as, as Kara Zarel's Supergirl. Um, stunning set pieces with her especially and the prison break which we've seen in the trailers so that's not very much a spoiler and visuals but overall she gave it her all and I think they should have done more with these two but again it's a flash movie it's a, it's a flash movie through and through um, speaking of flash the change of the suit and also um, the change of the lightning incredible great job with the the orange or and the yellow here of it incredible it looked amazing now we get to the columns and it's the looks it, it looks rough and I mean it makes Cyberpunk PS4 and Xbox One look good. It was atrocious. Again, 10 years in production hell. With those visuals, they looked rushed. They should have put this in. I know they were they're still rushing this movie out. But his visuals are like PS2, Jack and Dexter, <laughs> Ratchet and Clank, more, more PSP <laughs> um, level graphics. It didn't look great at all. It was an eyesore and it took me out of the movie every single time it showed up. It was, it was so uncanny. This is, this is what we call the uncanny valley. And uh, what's the what's the line that you cross between photorealism and animation? This this is the uncanny valley. This is like the depths of it, and it looked horrid. It looked bad. It, you, it's very noticeable that it's on the green screen, and or it's just all computer generated compared to something like we just got Guardians. And that looked incredible. They had a talking raccoon and a talking tree. You would think Groot is CG. Uh, Groot is like proper prosthetics because of how real the bark is. No, that's all CG. 
and then we go to this. But again, give or take. Guardians had a much, I think a tiny bit bigger budget then, than The Flash, but that still doesn't excuse the horrid visuals that we got from this film. Um, yeah, the visuals, I can go on all day about it. But the other big thing that, that kind of annoyed me, along with my disappointment, was the tone. Tone makes a film for a lot of people, and that includes the general audiences, is what is this movie? Why does it make me feel dread? Is it supposed to make me feel dread? Is it supposed to make me laugh? Is it supposed to make me cry? They, they didn't know the tone. They knew target audience, they knew marketing, they knew advertising, but they didn't know their tone. And that's the one big thing that every film should have, is a consistent tone. It tried doing swashbuckling, like a Pirates slash Indiana Jones film. It tried to do science fiction time travel, like an Endgame slash, um, slash Back to the Future. It tried to do a multiversal film. A la Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Spider-Man No Way Home and Spider-Man Into and Across the Spider-Verse. And also try to do some dark tones, dark undertones and everything. It just didn't fit at all. Um, it is comedic. It had some comedic points. But overall... Yeah, the tone was all over the place. I can go, again, just like visuals, I can go forever talking about how messy the tone was and how and messy some of the editing was within this film. Um, but I'll get to ranking. Uh, I would... My letterbox, there are 15 films on there because I included elsewhere films within the DCEU, including the Batman and Joker. And I would place this at number 10 between Black Adam and Shazam 2019. It's okay. It should have been the greatest superhero movie of all time as people were saying. But a couple of weeks ago we just got Across the Spider-Verse which is considered the greatest superhero movie of all time. And I agree. (laughs) This movie just falls on its face time after time and there are sometimes hey Barry get back up or sometimes you're going hey Barry stay on the ground (sighs) if I had to give a rating for this film it's a 6.5 out of 10 it's it's just above average Um, it's cool go take your families um, it's a great two hours and 60 minutes to kill with the kiddies. And there are some inappropriate jokes, and there is a lot of blood, but overall, and there are some scary sequences, but hey, it's a, it's a family time. Anyway, that is my review for The Flash, directed by Andy Muschietti, which is out in cinemas everywhere and on premium formats such as IMAX. Go and watch it. Next week, we will be delving into the jungle, or metallic jungle of Transformers Rise of the Beasts, a movie I've been waiting for since, well, 
Gen 3 Beast Wars. And the week after, we have Indiana Jones and the Dollar Destiny, a movie that's made for the new generation, and I'm very happy to see Harrison Ford have a final goodbye. And then the week after that, we have Tom Cruise returning to the Mission Impossible franchise with the two-parter finale, Dead Reckoning Part 1. And then, throughout July, we will have plenty of other films and video games or albums to review. This has been the Movie Bros Podcast, a podcast that has been on hiatus for plus years since Captain Marvel's box office numbers, which is an episode that will never see the light of the day. I am your host, Rick Green King, usually here with my co-host Epsilon, and have a brilliant doing. Thank you.